This is 2SER 107.3 on the FM dial. The Sahaj Yoga Meditation Program. Lawrence is on the panel putting the program together and this is Brian Bell on the microphone. Today we're going to be concerned with faith. The strength, power and simplicity of faith. We need a certain amount of faith just to get through the day. Faith that the sun will rise in the morning and set at night. That there will be food on the breakfast table. That the bus will arrive more or less on time. That society will not be too much crazier today than it was yesterday. That's confidence in the outside world. But there's also faith in our own abilities, our own strength, our own detachment and delight. Sadly, our faith can be easily undermined. If our attention drifts off to one side, we can become uncertain, full of memories, depressed, even fearful. And if it drifts into the other direction, we can become tense, irritable, obsessed about tomorrow. But in the centre, in the balance, there is well-being. And that brings about detachment, security, and a sense of joy and wonder. This fine balance is the result of gaining self-realization, the manifestation of the spirit. The change that so many people search for, long for from their early years. And it is this realization of the spirit that Sahaja Yoga offers. And once gained, it is what brings about the mental silence, the quiet, the relaxation of thoughtless awareness, which is at the core of good, enriching, invigorating meditation. It is this meditation regularly undertaken that brings health, well-being, joy and faith. This is a Renaissance song by Gaspar de Vierbecker, honouring the Divine Mother.
Self-realization has many names. Moksha, enlightenment, the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost, liberation, the Rue, the Sophia. For virtually all the great religions and philosophies, self-realization, knowing yourself, is the end point, the aim, the ultimate achievement. But for Sahaja Yoga, it is the beginning. It's the key that opens us up to union with the spirit, to meditation, to health, and a good, valuable life. And through the love and generosity of Shramataji Nirmala Devi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga, gaining self-realization is very simple. For those of you who would like to gain this important evolutionary step, relax, slip off your shoes to be nearer to Mother Earth, sit comfortably, close your eyes, and listen to Shramataji. If you already have your realization, it's good to go through the process again. It deepens the experience. Don't open your eyes. Please put your right hand on your heart. Here, you have to ask me a very fundamental question about yourself. Three questions, three times. Three times you have to ask. You can call me Mother or you can call me Shri Mataji, whatever you like. So ask a question, Mother, am I the Spirit? Please ask this question in your heart three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? Spirit, then you are your master. So now please take your right hand on top of your center which is placed in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. Now press it there and ask another fundamental question. Mother, am I my own master. Ask this question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times. I've already told you 
that I respect your freedom and I cannot force pure divine knowledge on you. You have to ask for it. So take your right hand in the low portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. And here you have to ask six times because this center has got six petals. <coughs> Mother, please give me pure divine knowledge. Ask six times. Mother, please give me pure divine knowledge. As soon as you ask this question, the Kundalini starts rising. So now we have to nourish the higher centers with our self-confidence. Raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. <coughs> Here you have to say with full self-confidence Ten times, Mother, I am my own master. Please say this ten times with full confidence. very outset that you are not this body, this mind, these emotions, this intelligence, this ego and conditionings, but you are the pure spirit. So now raise your right hand on the left hand side on your heart and here you have to say with full confidence again twelve times, Mother, I am the pure spirit. Mother, I am the pure spirit. Please say this twelve times. <coughs> I have told you that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, ocean of compassion, ocean of bliss. But above all it is the ocean of forgiveness and whatever mistakes you have committed can be easily dissolved by it. So please forgive yourself and put your right hand in the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to say, Again, with full confidence, sixteen times. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say this. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say it sixteen times. <coughs> I have already explained that whether you forgive or you don't forgive, you don't do anything. <coughs> but if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. And at this moment especially, you should forgive 
so that this Agya Chakra, which is a very constricted center, will open out. So, here, now you put your right hand on top of your forehead and put it down. Put it down, put down your head, please. Here you have to say, <coughs> not how many times, but from your heart you have to say, Mother, I forgive everyone. And don't think about the people whom you have to forgive. Just say, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. Don't think about them. Fine. This is the most constricted center here. Please, please forgive. Otherwise, you'll miss the point. From your heart, just say. All right. Now, please take your right hand on the back side of your head and push back your head. This is the center where you have to ask forgiveness from the Divine Power without feeling guilty, without counting your mistakes, just for your satisfaction. So here you say again from the heart, not how many times, O oh Divine Power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong knowingly or unknowingly. O Divine Power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong knowingly or unknowingly. Say it from your heart, not how many times is not the point. Now, stretch your palm fully and put it the center of your palm on the fontanelle bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now press back your fingers as far as possible. And with the pressure, move your scalp. But before doing that, please put down your head. Now here, <coughs> again, I cannot force self-realization on you. You have to ask for it. So move your hand so that you move the scalp well with a pressure, saying seven times, Mother, please give me self-realization. Move it clockwise, slowly. Push back your fingers, push back your fingers. Now take down your hands and slowly open your eyes, please. Now, put both the hands towards me like this. Like now, Please put down your head and see for yourself with the sorry, with the left hand. See with the left hand if there's a cool or a hot breeze coming out of your fontanel bone area. It may be very close to your head, but it should, should be above, not on top. Your hand should be above. Please bend your head. 
or some people get it very far also. Whichever way you move your hand and see for yourself. Now, please put the left hand towards me. You have to bend your head, otherwise it doesn't show well. Please put the left hand towards me and put down your head and see if there's a cool or a hot breeze-like sensation or energy coming out of your head. Just see yourself. Confidence, assurance, security. Here is Srimataji talking about faith. She is with Sahaja Yogis and she, be she begins by telling them what they as self-realized people are capable of. You can cure others. You can give speeches on Sahaja Yoga. You can know your own problems. You can cure your own parents. You can cure your own surroundings. You can clean yourself and others. Only with realization it starts. It's all in a bundle. What a jump it is from the first awareness where it was just a desire and here you start. But all these things that were looking quite funny in the first one when you had desire, form a very subtler, beautiful forms and they come into you. At this time you do feel your chakras, their problems, you start again analyzing them. The biggest problem in the West is they start analyzing. You give them a cake, they'll analyze. Give them anything, they'll analyze. Analysis testing is the biggest thing and that's how this analysis business is so maddening for them. Here it is that clinging on to their realization, the other side is everything analyzing. See, the legs are analyzed, feet are analyzed, nails are analyzed, and they are taken in the microscope and seen to it. Here the legs are to be used for climbing up, and here you are analyzing the legs and the feet. See, the whole purpose is lost when you start identifying with whatever was hanging on to you. So now you should say, now finish, done. Now I'm another person. The greatest thing is in this awareness of yours when you are realized, you must accept that that person who was there is dead and finished and gone. I'm a different person. Even that acceptance people find it difficult. 
because Shri ego is there. <laughs> it doesn't allow you. It says, oh God, how can that be? I mean, to say that I'm absolutely transformed. You are transformed, absolutely. Can you imagine you can give realization to people? You tell somebody, they say, oh, I, I know this. <laughs> they all run away. Nobody will believe, but you know you can give realization. Nobody will believe. That Mahajan yogi who gave you realization, first he said, Mother, how can it be? He couldn't believe that he could give realization. Poor fellow has been working as a yogi for so many years. He couldn't believe it to begin with. Same fellow was given realization to him. Even it, I mean, to believe that you can give realization, it takes time for people. They cannot believe. So what have you to do about becoming that? Is to at least believe, yes, you are giving realization after all. You see it like a white cloth before you, still you say it is black or it's blue. <laughs> so this dealing with these horse blues <laughs> is the worst case. You are giving realization. See now Ian, who is supposed to be going to um, Sakatis, he can give realization to that Sakatis. <laughs> The doctor who is going to treat you can give him realization. Believe it, you can. But when he says this to him, he thinks, oh, he's one of you. <laughs> but at least you believe into yourself. This is the place where you must have faith. This faith that you have got realization through Sahaja Yoga, that it's a tremendous power. And that there is all-pervading power, which is absolutely dynamic. And that you have that power flowing through you, and that you are giving realization, and that your mother is something special. Faith. Not faith because I am saying, because it's blind, but you have seen it. But this is what it is. When you see it also, you don't believe it, then what should I call it? <laughs> You know for definite that this is happening, but you don't believe into it. Then what should I say? If you believe that it is so, that is faith. Imagine, faith means blindness. It's opening your eyes much more to what it is and accepting that it is so. And then the faith must grow. <coughs> At this stage is the power of faith that helps you, nothing but power of faith. And power of faith is the greatest becoming power, I should say, because then you realize that whatever you had known so far has been of no value. This is something so great and so gigantic and so dynamic. It is something so much out of the blue which you have never known before that you get really bewildered. 
and then you start having faith. Now, then when I say that you just put your hands like this and put a bandhan, it works, it does work. Then also you start seeing that when Mother does like this, just to herself we all feel it. When she blows on her hand, Then we start feeling it that we are in her and she is in us, and that we are aware of our wholesomeness and she is our wholesomeness. Then the faith starts growing. You cannot analyze it because this is beyond analysis, beyond thought. So the surrendering starts. If you analyze now, you cannot. You cannot analyze it anymore. Only dead things you can analyze. Living you cannot, and this is beyond living. The thing that gives life to living, this is what it is. So you cannot analyze it. So you start surrendering. When you start surrendering and the faith comes in, then your awareness rises higher than this. And these small, small, little, little things which have become subtler, they start departing from you. This is the third state where your trigunas you can see, but they do not affect you. So in the first state you have desire, in the second state, which is a very big thing, you see the desire being fulfilled, but all these subtle things are mixed up with you. In the third state, you see them, third stage, but they do not affect you. Shri says, in the first state there is desire, the desire for knowledge perhaps, or the desire for oneness with the divine. In the second state we see that desire, search, being fulfilled. We gain understanding.
but it's all a bit of a jumble. Then in the third state, we see things clearly in a detached and loving way. As mentioned earlier, prior to self-realization, individuals can easily drift out of the center away from the balance. <clears throat> to the left, one finds memories, instincts, good and bad, a hazy wisdom, and a desire to put all the bits together. The left side isn't so good at working out the details, but it has a feeling for the big picture and a good deal of common sense. To the right one finds details, distrust, individualism, rationalism, logic, lack of compassion. It's the mental side, smart, sharp and egotistical. These tendencies exist in a collective as well as an individual way. Society at any given time can be full of uneasy memory or suspicion, fears, uncertainty. In other words, off to the left. Or societies can be into the right, demanding details, questioning everything, fascinated by facts, distrusting the great stories of mythology, the overarching narratives, religion. The great societies of the past, the valuable and creative societies, have been those which drew from both sides of the individual and collective nature. Good societies have a desire to put the bits together into a big picture, to celebrate their love of creation. They have nous and common sense. These are all aspects of the left side. But those good societies combine these qualities with a fascination for the nature of creation, for science, dedication to detail, and a longing to record everything of interest, which are aspects of the right side. But in the history of Western civilization, there are very few of these great, valuable, balanced and creative societies. The Greek classical age certainly was one, the Renaissance perhaps another, but they didn't last long. The desire for power or superstitions pulled them out of the balance. Well, today we're going to talk some history, and like most history, it's about how we got into the state we are now and how we're going to get out of it. Stand by for some harsh as well as some very beautiful music as we tell our story. We're starting over 250 years ago. Western society at that time had a rigid pattern. Everybody had their place in it. Accepted, unchallengeable. God was at the center of that pattern, honored and feared.
Johann Sebastian Bach, like so many other composers of his time, honoured God in every bar of music that he composed. In fact, Bach wrote a dedication to God at the end of every piece of music that he wrote. But about the time of his death, the Western world started to shift. The so-called Age of Enlightenment began. Everything had to be questioned, had to be proved right or wrong. Science became an essential part of life. Analysis, details, rationalism, logic. Historians have pointed out that at this time, about the middle of the 1700s, every aspect of life was questioned and changed. But the least analysed, rather interesting, rather interestingly, being architecture and music, both to a certain extent being outside the realms of analysis and logic and big talk. But even the great composers of the time, like Haydn and Mozart, copped the flack. The king accused Mozart of writing music that had too many notes. At this time, in the late 1700s, in spite of Mozart, individualism became the mantra. Societies split. The power of the aristocracy and the, th the authority of the church were not only questioned, but attacked. Revolutions erupted. The American Revolution first, the Fen French Revolution following.
in both cases, both the American Revolution and the French Revolution, the forces of change turned in on themselves and undermined the very reasons for the revolution itself. hundreds a new movement established itself a movement which attacked the age of enlightenment it was called romanticism and it tried to pull societies back from the tyranny of brain power and individualism towards a balance where feelings and compassion and the big picture of nature and humanity had their place the explorer standing on the mountaintop gazing with wonder and awe at the sublime nature of creation, became one of the romantic icons of the age. is Beethoven on the power and beauty of the world. Well, the Romantics fought hard to restore some balance. Politicians legislated against slavery. Turner painted myth, emotion, feelings. Mary Shelley criticised the destructive aspects of science in Frankenstein. Keats evoked beauty. Blake attacked over-sophistication and the brutality of industry. Schumann tried to pin down fleeting moments of instinctive understanding. But sadly, 
the Industrial Revolution was gathering momentum and it pulled the collective mentality back into detail and ambition and violence. European colonialism aggravated the situation and the analytical power-hungry right side marched Western civilization into modernism. Modernism made a huge impact on the early 20th century world. But for all its love of detail and organization and power structures, the fascination for celebrity and the new, it still preserved one link with reality. God had his place in the big picture. T.S. Eliot wrote plays about Thomas Beckett and religion. Picasso believed in divine forces. Stravinsky wrote his symphony of psalms. But after the horror of two brutal world wars, postmodernism broke even that link with reality and God became an irrelevance, an afterthought, one of the overarching narratives that had supported the world for thousands of years, either ignored or distorted out of recognition. So here we are, postmodernists. For the last 250 years, the Western world has been moving more and more into the right side, into the ego, into analysis and detail, turning its back on common sense and the oneness of creation. The long-term big picture has been replaced by the short-term quick fix. We have lost touch with the good qualities of the left side. One of the few things in today's world that tries to tap into poetry and myth and the wonder of creation is advertising. And that's just to exploit us, to get us to buy more things. Politi politicians are much more interested in power than in the public good. The media is more interested in drama than facts. Corruption has become part of life. Nations declare wars to control resources and don't mind if it takes lies and chicanery to do so. Respect for humankind is at a minimum. Individualism, nationalism, jealousy, greed and revenge are basics. They have brought about one economic world collapse and is in the process of creating another. I know I'm making a lot of generalizations, but I'm sure you have all experienced a great deal of what I'm talking about. So how do we change? In the past, changes have happened when societies, even civilizations, have moved from the collective left 
to the correct collective right and back again, swinging through the centre, seldom pausing there. But now, the whole pattern can be changed. Instead of continually heaving from right to left, or as we have been over the last 250 years, creeping further and further into the right, we can, through individual and collective self-realization, settle into the center with a new set of values and dynamism, regained innocence and confidence. And with more and more people gaining these qualities, we can, as Shri says, change the world. So it is with faith in the process of self-realization, faith in our ability to spread self-realization, faith in the power of meditation, and faith in ourselves that the new age will come about. For the first time in human history, we can stop the left-to-right swings and learn the beauty of balance. In the Indian lexicon, that balance is the Sattva Yuga, the golden age that will follow this age, which is dictating the nature of the world we are living in now, this age of iron and false teaching that the Indians call the Kali Yuga. To gain the good changes, we have to strengthen ourselves through meditation and spread self-realization as widely as possible. Remember, as soon as a person has their realization, it can be passed on, like one candle enlightening another. Change is possible. With the spread of self-realization, change is inevitable. We have to be the spirit. We are not this body. We are not these channels either. We are not the subconscious. And we are not the supraconscious. We are not this ego, our these conditioning and these habits. Because we say, I have got habits, so who is this I? I have got children, so who is that? I have got two eyes, so who is this I? We never say, I am the eyes. So in subtle ways we know that I is different. When the doctors also call it as autonomous nervous system, they should ask one question, who is this auto? Auto means the one who drives the car, for example, we call it automobile, but there has to be a driver. So one has to realize that there is something missing still in a human awareness. And that's why all these problems of different types have arisen. Suddenly, starkingly, we are facing them, like ecological problems. All kinds of imbalances in life have come. The reason is that human awareness or the mental projections, when they move, they move in a linear way. And when they move in a linear way, they recoil and trouble us. You went into science, all right, science, 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 where atomic energy, then the waste, then all that repels you. These are all transitory things. There are so many transitory things we indulge into. 
So the essence of all the religions, if you go to the essence of it, not to the outside horrible uh, nature of there that you see, but if you go to the basic essence of it is this, that you should seek the eternal and you should look after the transitory in a way as much as it is required in its own limitations and in its understanding. This is where we have failed the second part and we have run after the transitory things. Just now I was driving through the park and I was, I'm so enamored always by Siddhar trees and there's so few left now. In six years time so many have disappeared. Because we go all out into one direction. Now money making, money making should not be the aim of life. Because we have seen that people who have money are not very happy or peaceful people. It doesn't give you that peace, that joy. People talk of peace and of having no wars and this, this is so superficial. There's something gone wrong with human beings somewhere and they need today is the transformation. And this transformation is only possible if they get the enlightenment and in that light they see where we are wrong. For example, somebody is holding a snake and it's darkness. You tell that person you are holding a snake, he'll say, no, I'm holding a rope. How do you argue with him? Best is to put on the light and let him have a look. So the spirit within you, spirit within you, when it enlightens you, you see for yourself what's wrong with you. You become your own master, you become your own guide. You don't need any guide. And this happening has to take place in these modern times because we have reached a point where we have started thinking where have we go gone wrong. And that's how seeking of the truth has started. There are so many people all over the world who are seeking truth and falling into the traps, say traps of drugs, all kinds of these things like they use tarot, this, that, all sorts of things and all outward things. Also they fall into the traps of false gurus. And false gurus knew there is a market for befooling people. So they were here to make money out of you and to use you for their own purpose of making money. Now this is a living process within us. As we have become human beings in our evolutionary process, we have to become the higher personality. And to become the higher personality, there has to be some way which has to be spontaneous. As we have become spontaneously human beings, in the same way, spontaneously it has to happen to us that we become the higher human being where our human awareness becomes something much more. As Jung has said very clearly that we have to become collectively conscious. Collectively conscious. Now this is not just I'm saying that we are all friends, Canadians and all of us are friends and talking about we are brothers and sisters. It's all outward. When it comes to reality we find we are not friends. Even in one family we find there's no love. The reason is this collective consciousness is a part and parcel of your central nervous system. 
So it has to manifest on your central nervous system. How it works out is that once you become a realized soul or you have your second birth, as they call it, when the Kundalini pierces through your fontanel bone area and you get connected with this all-pervading power, then your spirit manifests and the spirit is the collective being within us. Then you start feeling on your fingertips, clearly, on our fingertips we start feeling the centers that are yours and the centers of others. If you can just decode it, if you could just decode it and know what these indications mean. For example, now here the centers are shown on the hand, that these are the centers are five, six and seven, like we can see five, fingers six and seven. These are the seven centers on the right hand side, which they deal with your physical and your uh, intelligence or your mental side. And the right hand deals with your future. But the left side also we have five. Well, that brings us towards the end of our program. Shivaji often speaks of how we must share our meditation and our times together collectively. If you want to know <clears throat> where you can find out more about Sahaja Yoga or where you can share the process of, uh, of meditation and, share and learn from others, then there are two sources of information. There's the web www.freemeditation.com.au freemeditation.com.au or there's a phone number 1300 Just for the end of the program let's just quietly sit feet on the floor hands on the lap attention at the top of the head and enjoy the quiet peace even joy of meditation meditation